With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to The Angel Connection, a weekly show about all things angelic with your host, international healer and author, C.J. Martins. Good evening, my angel friends. This is C.J. Martis, and you're listening to The Angel Connection on Friday, May 10th. Just in case anybody doesn't know what the date is, you know I always announce that. And the title of the show tonight is Believe, and it's true. And I, I hope everybody had an amazing week. I know that I did, and normally I do an inspiring story at the beginning. However, I was so inspired by things that happened to me that I just wanted to share about my own inspiring experiences here. You know, this past week, many of you may know or not know uh, that I was fortunate to participate in the very first Global Angel Telesummit as a featured speaker. And, you know, I I know Lisa Dory. I've had her on the show. Uh, If you look at my archives, she's the one that put it together. But, you know, when things all kind of come together, and I think I guess it kind of ties in with believing it's true, you know, my angels of seraphim have been saying, you know, when you, once you do this telesummit, you know, we're going to have all this work for you to do and all this stuff's going to happen. And without getting into too much of that detail, well, I believe them because they never have steered me wrong. And, uh, well, it was true. Since I spoke, I have received so many beautiful emails from some wonderful souls, people who are gracious and kind, who want to help others trying to awaken themselves and and to become more. And I was so touched by the number of emails, you know, and I felt so blessed and even further inspired about my own path and, you know, what I came to do in my life to help others. So I just want to definitely thank all of you out there. You know who you are, you know, the blessings that I personally received this week just from being able to share who I am and of my own story. And before we started, you know, the show here, uh, my guest, which I'll talk about in a minute, uh, we're just talking about our connections and how important that is. And it's even important to those of us that have a bunch of angels telling us what to do all the time is about other people. And that's what's important. And I even made some new angel friends. I'd love to give a quick shout-out to a few of them right now, like Marissa. I got to talk to her today. Uh, Teresa, Elizabeth, Gabriella, Laura, and Sarah, and I'm sure there's more. Uh, but I am saying hello if I missed anybody there to all of you. But I was so inspired, not only by my participation in this summit, but by also with my gifts being able to see how the angels were really inspiring people who needed to be on those calls with these speakers. Just to watch the vast number of angels around us who were very much helping and facilitating. And so it was 
probably the most in mass uh, angel gathering I, I, I've ever seen in my lifetime. So I thought, wow, wow. And it's when we come together and when we connect to each other that, you know, these uh, amazing things happen. And the summit continues with a new speaker each day until it ends on May 17th. So there's still time to learn and connect with your angels. And you can find a link to the event on my homepage at www.cjmartis.com. Unfortunately, my personal interview, uh, because it's a free summit, you can upgrade for a small fee and get all of the downloads from all the speakers uh, throughout the summit. Um, But you can find the link on my homepage, www.cjmartis.com. And, of course, you've heard about my new novel, Angel Incarnate One Birth, and I'm actually happy uh, to announce I was planning it. But, again, another thing this week just sort of coming to me that an audio version will be out soon for those that like to listen instead of read. Or, you know, you get the commute and you like to listen to your books. And a wonderful woman who I've known for a couple of years now came forward to volunteer for the project, too. So lots of love to Mary for being my personal angel wanting to do the audio for the book. It was cool. So I'm excited about that, excited, as always, to be spending some time with you. And tonight I welcome Deborah Lloyd to speak about her own personal path to healing. And I find that, you know, we learn so much from listening uh, to others sharing their story. And her newest book, Believe in It's True, is just full of help and assistance for, you know, anyone who can learn from the things that she discovered along the way. And she's got a fascinating story. Plus, she's just the sweet, sweetest kind of woman I, you know, talked to recently. And she's a courageous woman, so I admire her. And I'm just delighted she's going to spend some time with all of us tonight to talk about her own experiences. So before we get into welcoming her on the show here, I have a very important message from the Seraphim this week, the angel message for the week of May 10th. Dear ones, as a general rule, you may feel more uncomfortable emotionally this upcoming week, and it may simply feel like things are constantly churning under the surface without even really knowing why. We wish to share with you that not knowing exactly what part of you is healing is not required in order to heal at this level at this time. This process doesn't require you to figure it out at all. So the less you dwell or try to see the specifics about it and just allow, the better and easier it will be to let go of old trauma. The divine energies now are initiating a deeper process of healing, so it's important to just allow this release to occur. Much of the healing that will transpire is opening you to receive more divine compassion and connection. Anything that blocks you from fully receiving is being expelled and transmuted. Simply have faith in your ability to heal and become whole, and you shall have it. If you doubt yourself or have too much fear, this process may amplify negative uh, frequencies and emotions that seem to have a life of their own. You may have witnessed this in others around you who right now seem to be maybe behaving out of the ordinary or unusually gritchy. That's not their word. I just added that. Remember that your human body is a container for the real you, just as you have memory of all things that have occurred throughout your life with your mind. Your whole physical body also stores information within each cell. The storage at the physical level can become a very heavy load to bear. If you have been experiencing illnesses recently or even notice that you are unusually tired, 
This is because of old information clearing out of your body. So it's important not to fight the urge for more downtime or rest over the coming weeks. If you rest when your body needs it, then it allows a natural process of cellular release to occur. Just as if you were doing an intentional body cleanse with herbal remedies, you should push more water in order to assist the energetic release of this old cellular memory. The energies during this healing time are also meant to reinforce, reinforce that you are a child of light. You may find your favorable qualities reflected in others as you let go of self-doubt and learn to embrace the good in you rather than judge the bad. You should know that everything happening right now in your life is meant to reveal the whole you and allow you to release the fractured or divided self that you may have been used to for quite some time. So you may find challenges right now personally if you need to recognize something that you do to sabotage yourself. If you embrace this deeper healing, you may find that some people quickly exit your life. Right now, everyone is presented with a clear choice to either surrender and become whole or to hide from their true nature. If you pay attention, you will notice everyone being presented with circumstances that seem to force a choice between seeing the bigger picture of themselves or remaining in a rigid or limited point of view. Free will grants that all will be able to choose to heal or not to heal. This choice may not be a conscious one for some, but remember that it is still a choice regardless. The angels are surrounding the world right now to help empower you to let go of fear and become all that you are meant to be in your life. We are supporting and working with you daily to empower you on your journey. Call upon us at any time. And remember, we are only thought away, and we believe in you. Until next time, dear ones, we are the Seraphim. So I don't know about you, but, you know, things do seem to be a little upheaved, and I've even experienced myself this, this cellular memory release. I was A lot of people don't know, but I was a very sick child, and so I actually had recurrence of things that I haven't been sick with for a long time. Um, but I'm feeling better now, and I recognized it, uh, even aside from this message, uh, you know, that it was just something leaving, transmuting. Old needs to go out so the new could come in. And I forgot to mention earlier, real quickly here, um, something I just wanted to mention about an upcoming show real quick before I welcome on Deborah. On May 31st, I will be doing a very special show that I wanted to mention because it's the first time that I will have been, uh, I guess, allowed, if that makes sense, to discuss this topic in detail and openly. The Seraphim have asked me to do my show all about the incarnate angels that are among us. I will be sharing information about why they are here, common aspects of these people and what they experience, and much more. So don't miss this show if you're interested in the topic, and especially if you have secretly felt for years you might be one yourself. So doesn't that sound like fun? So anyway, that's my last announcement. Well, my guest this evening, without further ado here, Deborah Lloyd is a UC and Karuna Reiki master and certified holistic therapy practitioner. She's also a licensed clinical social worker. Oh, I love those social workers. My sister's one as well. Working with a hospice agency in Asheville, North Carolina, her personal journey, along with life lessons learned along the way, is detailed in her new book, Believe and It's True, a story of healing and life lessons. 
Well, I'd love to welcome you now, Deborah, to the Angel Connection. Thank you for coming. Well, thank you for having me, CJ. I've been looking forward to this for a few weeks. I'm very excited. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm just delighted because you have such a special story. And, you know, when a lot of the people that I choose, you know, to bring on the show, you know, I'm a little picky, I, I, I do admit. You know, I want people who've gone through the fire, you know, <laughs> crossed the river to get to the other side because we learn a lot and, and, and certain things that people say on this show to all the people who listen, you know, weekly or listen to the archive after it's live, you know, it's sometimes just one word or a sentence that, you know, and, and everything just lights up for people. So I'm just very excited. Um you know, to have you on, and I've been looking forward to it as well. And so I appreciate you sharing your story, you know, with my listeners. And, you know, your life was a really challenging experience for you early on. So let's let's kind of start at the beginning, you know, where's your family from and, and kind of where did things begin for you? Okay. Um, well, I am a farm girl from northern Indiana, so uh, I am the oldest of nine children, So we had a wonderful family life, but material-wise, we did not have a lot, except a lot of love and a lot of fun. Um, The first big thing that happened in my life is that I was stricken with polio at the age of three years old. And I really have no memories, consciously, (laughs) of life before polio. Um, although there are photos of me and stories of running around the yard and and whatever. But basically what happened is one morning I got up, went down to the kitchen, and stood at the kitchen table, and my legs gave out. And being a little three-year-old little girl, I tried to stand back up. So I stood up, and they gave out again. So after the second or third time, of course, my mother was very alarmed, I ran out to the barn and got my father, and they took me into the doctor. And he said it has to be polio. So I was not able to walk for a few weeks, and then some feeling came back. So I spent uh, my early years with the metal braces that had the brown leather. (laughs) If you can picture children with polio with the brown leather um, casings around them, and, of course, wooden crutches. So that that is my those are really my first memories of waking up in the morning and the braces would be at the foot of the bed and I had to get the braces on and everything to get out of bed. So that's how um my early years were spent. Well, and uh, and for people who don't know um because polio is not something we hear a whole lot about, you know, now. Yeah. But is it uh, what can you just explain a little bit about that for people who may not know what polio is? Of yes. course, you can't walk well, you have to wear brace, you know, all of that. Right, right. Well, polio was actually a virus that um, went into a person's spine. So it depended what part of the spine it affected you. So for, in my case, and I always did feel somewhat fortunate about this, it affected both my legs. And why I feel fortunate about that is for people where it affected their spine um, higher up in their body, it affected their lungs. And probably everyone remembers seeing pictures of people in the great big round tube things called iron lungs. Those folks could not even breathe. 
And polio uh, was a very common disease in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Fortunately, right around 1955, uh, a vaccine was discovered. And actually, I had two of the vaccinations. And what I have learned in later years after doing research and um, just reading anything I could get my hands on about what happened in the 1950s is that the earliest vaccines were only about 80% effective, which when the disease was so prevalent, 80% effectiveness was wonderful. Many, many people then did not, um, you know, were able, their immune system were able to fight off the virus. So actually in this country, there were a significant number of cases until about 1960. So the numbers really start falling, but there were still a number of cases. Unfortunately, polio still exists in the world. There's a few hundred cases every year, um, but many efforts are being taken by the World Health Organization. Bill Gates has given millions of dollars (laughs) to have um, young children vaccinated all over the world. So hopefully it will be eradicated soon, and that's my prayer. Well, that would be my prayer, too. So so here you are, I mean, three years old, okay, and you have this, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, I mentioned a little earlier, you know, I was a very sick child because I was born without part of my immune system. So it's not only, I think, physically traumatic, you know, to have not just like you had to wear braces or that, you know, I had to have these intense treatments, which I figured out later didn't work, you know, so... Going through all that as a child, certainly that makes an impact. But um, emotionally, you know, what was that like as a child with, you know, maybe being different or? Yeah, well, it was really difficult, but I grew up in a very practical and pragmatic family, and in many ways it served me very well. In other words, I was treated like the other kids in the home. I had my chores. (laughs) I did not get... Uh, special treatment, and like I said, I think that that really did serve me well because you can harm sick children or anyone that's sick by giving them special treatment, so to speak. But underneath, I really did feel alone. I felt very sad. Um, I really focused on the things that I could do. For example, reading. (laughs) I'm still a voracious reader. I love to read, but I did spend many, many hours reading because it was something I could do and enjoy. Um, So besides sadness, the other feeling that I had a lot was, I know this sounds silly, but I was embarrassed um, because of some of the special things that I had to do. And I'll, I'll just give you an example in our school, as I was growing up, um, from first grade through fourth grade, when we had fire drills, I was carried out of the school building. Goodness. And that was because I would walk so slowly and going down the steps. I could go down steps, but it was a slow process. So an eighth grade boy would you know, run into the classroom and swoop me up in his arms and carry me out. And it was just plain embarrassing. So I did get special treatment in ways that I was not too thrilled about. <laughs> um, and my legs are atrophied, and I do have a pretty severe limp. So just going out in the public, going to a store, things like that, people stared at me, and uh, that right. was embarrassing too. 
Well, you know, and gosh, as children, all we want to do is fit in. You know, <laughs> I yes. think you know we don't want to be. Well, you know, that's that's kind of the, the way it works. It is. So, it is. Yes. So so yes. let's let's move forward then. You know, um, a little bit as you're getting you know getting older, and so you do you eventually get to get rid of the braces and everything or? Yes, I do. Um, In 1960, actually, I did have surgery where my feet, I could not even flex my feet before the surgery. So they took out muscles and ligaments in my legs and built up my feet. And I had years of physical therapy. I did use then the metal crutches. And um, the summer before I went to high school, I was done with the metal crutches. And I remember my poor mother um, was just very, very worried that I was going to go to school without crutches, but I was not going to take them to high school. So I didn't, um, but having, but growing up in northern Indiana, I have to admit I did take a number of spills on the snow and ice. Um, oh, gosh, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to say the angels were with me, and I always felt that. I never broke a bone. <laughs> Never really had any problems that way. Um, But I did get stronger, and then um, I really felt like I kind of got to a stable place for many years. But then things started to change in the early 90s. And um, what I noticed was some new aches and pains that I've never had before, but more distressing than that was a huge chronic fatigue. And I'm an energetic person, and it, it was just um, really, really distressing. I would come home from work, and at least one night a week, I would lay down on the couch, and that was it. I did not cook dinner. A few nights I didn't even eat dinner. <laughs> I was just totally fatigued. So not sure what it was. Of course, my greatest fear was the polio had come back. Wow. And then and can that yeah. happen? Can you get polio again? Well, actually that is not what happened. What happened was um there is a syndrome called post polio syndrome. And in effect what has happened to the highest majority of polio polio survivors is that they get a whole new onset of symptoms. And polio, like I said, affected the spine but also affected the nervous system. So and I'm not a scientist, but (laughs) the synapses and things like that just really, really wear out. So that's one thing that happens. The second thing that happens, just like I had um, surgery that transferred muscles, well, many people had those surgeries, which did help in the beginning, but after 30, 40 years of use, what has happened is muscles are wearing out, especially if they are somewhere where they were not meant to be in the first place. So the muscles that were moved from my legs to my feet um, were starting to um, just wear out. Wow. So, so there what are were you pe- doing? I'm yeah, sorry. Go I was going to say, so, so what were you doing at that time? You know, you said you were coming home from work and, and really tired, very exhausted. So what? What was your profession at that time? Well, I was a a clinical social worker, but I have to say I probably had one of the worst jobs at that moment in time. I worked at a children's hospital. So I worked with children with diabetes, um, and back then, 
when you were first diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, you were hospitalized for about a week. And so those were the children in the hospital as well as children who were having some kind of medical problem or issue with their diabetes. So up and down the hallway I was all day long. So um, after I... um, how I found out about post-polio syndrome is there was an article in our Sunday paper, and as I'm reading the article, I'm going, oh, my goodness, this sounds like something I'm dealing with. So I eventually found a doctor that I went to, and he basically said, you have the classic case here. This is what you have. And one of the first things he recommended was changing jobs. And uh, that's what I did. So I went back to one of my original loves, which is doing um, psychotherapy, and I did a lot of work with children and families, which is basically sitting down. (laughs) And that did help somewhat. Um, He also put me on a medication, the lowest dosage, and that helped a little bit. But all in all, I was still experiencing a lot of chronic fatigue. Which, when we want to get up and go, and we can't get up and go, that yeah, those are those are moments that you know, obviously, when um, you know the medical profession in some cases can do it's kind of limited, right? He's like, well, switch jobs, something easier, and uh, take this yep. medicine. But yep. you went outside the box, didn't you? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um. So what happened was I, I've grown up very traditional, both in um, you know my upbringing, how I grew up on a farm, um, in a religion, um, which I don't um, knock my religion, but it had a lot of rules and regulations, if you will. So one day, um, at this point, I became the manager. I was the manager of a mental health clinic, and I was interviewing for a new psychotherapist because we were growing. And during the interview, she mentioned she had just become a Reiki master. That truly is the first time I heard the word Reiki. Um, I hired her, and I very oddly had not asked a follow-up question during the interview, which is really unusual for me. Um, but first day on the job, I said, what what was that thing you mentioned? And so she explained it. <laughs> and I have to say, my first reaction was like, oh, no, I don't know about this. It sounded pretty far out to me. But um, she wanted to use it during therapy sessions for the first 10 minutes or so. Well, much to my surprise, the insurance companies, our executive director, everyone said, fine, you know, in therapy, you often do breathing exercises or guided imagery or other techniques, and they saw it like that. So she started using it, and all of the other therapists, including myself, started to become interested. And then she talked to me that she thought Reiki could really help the chronic fatigue. So I just decided what do I have to lose? And I ended up going to the person, her Reiki master, the person who trained her. And truly, that very first session, I started to feel the difference in my body. The fatigue was never as intense, again, as that very first session. Um, I I felt it lift. (laughs) It truly lifted out of me. I felt it go. Um, I still had some tiredness, but it was not that hit-the-wall, I-can't-move type of tiredness. 
So after a few months, um, both my husband and I uh, became trained to use it, and I truly use Reiki to this day, every single day. And I have boundless energy. (laughs) The chronic fatigue is truly in my past. Um, But what's really surprised me, or what I wasn't expecting, is that it started me on a road of not only physical healing and physical improvements, and by the way, I also had actual physical improvements in my legs and feet, but it brought me to a place of emotional and spiritual healing that I, well, I was going to say I did not realize that I needed, but I really had not ever looked at how much I was affected by the polio. I had worked very, very hard to have a good, normal life. So I really didn't want to revisit it again. So it got buried very deep within me. And, um, well, I have to tell you, the reading that you had tonight about sometimes you just don't even have to know exactly what it is that you have to heal. (laughs) Yeah, the angels were really wanting me to mention that because everybody thinks too much about it, I think. Yes, yes. Well, Reiki's exactly the same way. It heals on levels that you're not aware of. Or it may bring up things, we call it a healing crisis. Um, so right. there are times you can have a Reiki session or some kind of other energy healing session and actually feel worse. And we talk to people about that, and we see it as a good thing. <laughs> what it means is something is releasing, something needs to be let go. And many times spirit graces us with the knowledge um, of what it is. Or, you know, if we really listen to our intuition, we can identify it. But I also know, and I truly know, I've had some healing that I've never identified, and it's okay. I'm so glad that you kind of connect the message to that. Because when, you know, when we get on a path and we become more mindful, right, of ourselves, Mm -hmm the way we think all of this, we kind of can get trapped, I think, in, well, i got to figure this out so I can let, let yeah. it go. And it's uh, similar to, you know, a lot of people, they get to this peak experience, you know, and everything's flowing really good, and then all of a sudden they feel like they hit the brick wall kind of thing. Yeah. And it's because of the energy, you know, the high, I try to kind of explain or visualize this to people is that, like with your Reiki, it opens these channels to allow that old emotion, you know, yeah. those buried frequencies to come up. And so yeah. it can create a healing crisis, but if you don't judge that you're in a healing crisis, you know, or it'll pass and you don't need right. to, you know, you don't need to know. So I appreciate, you know, you mentioning that part. Oh, um, when you read that, I thought, okay, this is exactly what I believe. <laughs> I know <laughs> nice. it's true. I've lived through it. I know it's true. <laughs> I say I lived through it, but I continue to live through it because all of us always have another layer to heal or another area that, you know, could use some um, tweaking, shall we say. <laughs> well, and, you know, for me, and, you know, I, I've i worked pretty hard to be in the present moment. Um, yes to be mindful, you know, to have be present to my life. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and I find, you know, not a lot gets triggered, and I don't take things personally, and I'm just in this peaceful place. Um, But I would like to share, you know, because I was such a sick child, hospitalized a lot, lots of needles, you know, lots of trauma there. Even though I work through directly those emotions, Mm -hmm. what I experienced over the last several weeks was bronchitis, you know, a respiratory infection, uh, ear infection, you know, a lot of things that I was very susceptible to as a child. And the weird thing was is that, you know, I'm suddenly having this memory of having, you know, taking a breathing treatment, which for people don't know that, it's a mist that you have to inhale for about 25 minutes. And <laughs> and uh, I used to play in a little a tent filled with this mist as a child because I was hospitalized with pneumonia cost, constantly. But even for me, you know, I had to, retra- we call that retracing when you go back, you know, to yes. to a previous state where it's like almost, and it was interesting because I didn't have all that emotional stuff that I had already cleared. It was just literally my body. Yes. And, Kicking it out. Well, absolutely. And our experiences do get locked into ourselves. So yeah. that is why, um, and actually, um, I believe some of those experiences happen before we have any memory of them. Um that things can happen to us that was traumatic for us that we're not even aware of. So there can be things being released that we can't really name. <laughs> right. Just because we have no, you know, conscious memory of it. So I I 100% believe, you know, things getting things, experiences, thoughts, beliefs being stored in ourselves that just need to be released. And what the what the seraphim were explaining to me about that, like right now, because I know a lot of people are challenged at this point in time. You know, it's been an, everybody just keep going. Wow, this is an intense year. Wow, this is an intense year. Yes. Oh my gosh, it's an intense year. You know, we've been feeling this wave of this very high frequency energy, and um, and it, it's just they said, you know, it's just that everyone's done so much great work. To uh-huh. elevate consciousness over the last yeah. ten, fifteen years, um, mm-hmm. that now what can occur, which occurs, you know, very naturally, of course, during the course of your lifetime, if you get to that deeper level. But what can happen in mass for a lot of people is suddenly a cellular release occurring, where your everything comes out of the the body itself, and it's. So even though it's kind of the pits to be, you know, I, you know, I didn't have to like being sick. It was just accept that it was happening. Um, right. I think it's wonderful though that all the stuff we, like you say, we may not know what it is, or it's at the, at the level of ourselves, the information that we store mm-hmm. everywhere that we don't know we right. store, that right. we can even clear that. <laughs> you know, we can yeah. let go of something like that um, yeah. at that sp- deep spiritual level. And so, you know, it just, I, I think it's great. And so I want to say great job to all the work we've been doing because everybody's been working on yeah. it. And it yeah. allows that, it allows this kind of process uh, to occur. So, you know, I I was reading through your website, certainly. I always do that. And you have this very loving message, and I think it sort of probably sums up so far what we've been talking about. But it's so true. And, and you said on your website, my belief is that each of us is called to a deeper understanding of what true healing means. And every person 
has the opportunity to become whole again. Yeah. And I'd love for you to share how you feel about that statement. You wrote it, but yes. Yes. what does that mean to you? Because it's such a metaphor for what's going on right now. So It, it is. It's absolutely. I think all of us have some kind of wound that we're carrying around. And when you talked about, you know, children, how we all want to fit in, that is so true, but it doesn't end when we're a child. We are wounded in so, so many different ways. It can be from people not treating us well. It can just be from the negative energy that gets put out in our universe by the people who do get locked in fear and hatred and anger. So all of us have the opportunity um, to heal that for ourselves, for others, and really for our physical earth. What happens is we set up all these structures, if you will, and, you know, I belong to this group, you belong to that group. Um, I belong to this city, you belong to that city. And we become isolated, we become separated, and we forget that we're really all one, that we're all one, we're all called to be one loving community. But it has to begin with each person. And I truly believe as I heal another layer of myself, that really begins like a ripple effect and it sends out positive energy to the universe. This may sound a little esoteric, but I I really think it's true. Um, Just look at the fear (laughs) that's been just whipped up in our society. Everything from um, the recession to the bombings to um, will I have enough money, do I have enough things, it just goes on and on and on. And we get these messages all the time, you have to look a certain way, be a certain way to be whole and perfect. And that's not the case at all. In our creator's eyes, in the eyes of the divine, and we all have a piece of that divine within ourselves, we're already whole, we're already perfect. We are given challenges in this lifetime. Um, I have one person I I work with a lot with, Reiki, and uh, we kind of have this joke, life on earth is really hard. (laughs) (laughs) Amen, sister. (laughs) (laughs) And we just laugh about it, but... But, you know, in laughing about it, there's so much truth in it. So all these negative things that happen gives us the illusion that we're not whole and that we're not perfect. Did that make sense? Does does that come across clearly? Oh, I think it came across very clearly. And, you know, being somewhat of a scientific person, you said you weren't earlier, (laughs) <laughs> Something that happens at a vibrational level in our world, because we're, we're surrounded by vibration and we have vibrations, mm-hmm. frequencies within ourselves, it has been proven scientifically that the higher the frequency, that if there's a higher frequency present, let's just say you go through and you become more whole, and you yeah. said that makes a ripple effect. Well, it does. Because if your frequency goes more to that higher hertz of love, okay, yeah. all living systems will entrain by their inherent nature to the higher frequency. So what does that mean? That means that when I liberate my 
pain, when I resolve my trauma and my energy bursts forth, you know, that we have this huge peak of energy and more love coming through ourselves and all of this. And when it ripples, everyone around you all the way to the other side of the earth are going to respond to that. Absolutely. And, and so all systems do that. And so, uh, but another thing that can happen too, as you increase your frequency, and your frequency, of course, all the systems are trying to subconsciously and instinctually go up. Well, then, if you're around somebody with a lot of fear, of course, well, they have an opportunity to heal, don't they? But we may, like you say, get wounded by people who will lash out, blame us for something that obviously we may not have done. And so sometimes then we go, wow, man, there's something wrong with me because these people don't like me. But I've explained to many clients, and I think it's worth mentioning that, People, everyone is a human being. They all have their own, you know, own stuff. And everyone has a choice to make, you know. And that's not about you, you know. And so I tell people, and in a joking way, most of the time, it's like, well, I'm either an angel to, I'm an angel to most, uh, but I'm a demon to others. In other words, people can have a strong aversion to me. Uh Just by being me. Why would they do that? Well, all that stuff in them that they are holding down on purpose Uh is trying to come out. So when we get that negative reaction, so I know a lot of people who are just carrying some huge light frequency, but they're carrying a lot of wounds because people have been really mean (laughs) to them. Yeah, yeah. And I was talking to my own daughter about that because she's just this powerful light being, oh, my goodness. And she will have people who are supposed to be her friends just turn on a dime. And we've all uh-huh. been betrayed, things like that happen. Right, right. And I said, well, remember when I was telling you, honey, <laughs> that <laughs> you'll get to a frequency where it's going to be one or the other because that's the way our world is divided, right, into this polarity. So yes. you can't do anything about the fact that all the cells in their body want to heal. It just starts kicking all this stuff up. And unfortunately, the and that crap gets flung at you from time to time. Right, um, right. But, but more importantly, though, to your point, you know, that, you, your healing changes the world, and that calling to become whole, you know. And so, as we become whole, others will become whole. We don't have to fix them. We don't have to do anything. That's the cool part, right? That <laughs> is the cool part, and it's even our reaction to those. And sometimes, because we are human, we may, you know, have some reactions that we're not proud of. Um, but just things like. Um, when someone used to, you know, uh, this is one of the things that bugs me. I'm driving down <laughs> the freeway and someone comes rushing right up to my car and they, they really ride my tailgate and I just, it makes me nervous. I used to get angry about it. Now, as soon as I can, I get over to the right lane and I send them a prayer. And I say, please keep them safe, especially if there's children in that car, but please keep them safe. Don't let them cause an accident. And please help them to deal with their rage and their hurriedness. And you know what? I'm the one that feels better. <laughs> Hopefully right. they do too. But that changes the energy, the vibration of that whole situation. No, yeah, I don't I've do that 100 Yeah, I, I wish yeah. I could say I did 100% of the time, but I'm doing it lots more than not. And it, it just really it changes 
my thoughts, my beliefs, and my energy. Absolutely. Well, because what do we do if we get angry at somebody who's obviously, they're having a hard day, right? (laughs) And they're they're just going, 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 going. Well, we don't want to match that frequency. So it's that conscious choice, I think, to to move into love and go, oh, please let them get where they're going. Oh, please, you know, be be with them. Yes, be safe. (laughs) Be safe, please. Well, and if you're, you know, it's like, on the way home tonight, you know, it's Friday, everybody. You know, you can always tell when it's Friday. I used to be a, a courier, believe it or not, a delivery person. Oh, okay. And we used to say that people had raw meat for lunch on Friday. Yes. <laughs> so that's when I practice the most, you know, when somebody about sides lives to me is like, oh, please, yes. just don't, you know, or I'm yeah. praying, don't hit me. <laughs> but yes, yes. sometimes that <laughs> that's required, too. So. Well, you know, uh, since time always flies here, you know, uh, you know, your story and uh, everything you shared, you know, you have a new book, and I'd love for you to talk about the what's in this book, you know, okay. um, that can help them. Sure. Well, it is my story, but there's really teaching along the way. And I have to say, whenever I sat down to write the book, I always felt strongly guided um, how to take a certain incident or a certain experience and, and what is really the lesson of it. And actually, I, I journaled on that very topic. So as it flowed, what eventually evolved was a book of 33 chapters, and each chapter does have a life lesson. These life lessons are really based in universal laws. Um, Although I didn't really start off with that intention, that is what evolved, because, of course, our life lessons are based in universal laws. So these lessons are applicable to everybody. Um, And... I think that's been one of the exciting parts is getting feedback from people who have um, read the book and bought the book to say, you know, this this section really touched me. And I've had several people tell me it's a book they go back to because at a different point in their lives, you know, or a different situation, another chapter speaks to them or another life lesson speaks to them. I own several books like that, too, that I, I go back to. <laughs> and From that's time what to I time, yeah. this book. Yes, because I know, it's almost like, gee, I didn't even know that was in there. Well, it was in there when I read it, you know, three months ago, but at that point, I, I wasn't ready for that lesson. Or I wasn't ready for that particular um, information. So I really hope that, you know, people will go back to it and different lessons will, will touch them at different times. Well, that's so true because, you know, we're meant to be evolving, which means the way that we perceive ourselves in the world should be changing. And what's yeah. so interesting to me is how you can, even if it were an article, you know, oh, wow, that's a really good article, you know, and all you end up back at this article four months later going, oh, my God, that's a great article. Because yeah. <laughs> you're suddenly, you're in a place where you're receiving and he, and really hearing, you know, yeah. and, and connecting with what you're, with what you're reading. And I, I love uh, books like that because I feel like it's sort of the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> you, yes, you can exactly. go back. Yes. You can go yes. back again. Yeah. And, and so it's such, you know, it's, it's, such an, an an incredible thing, you know, and so it, and it's a wonderful thing when. Um, well, first of all, I want to go back a little bit. You said you felt guided, so 
I, mm-hmm. I would just want you to touch on on that a little bit. You know, yeah. did you just wake up and want to write a book one day, or were you guided to put all of this into the book, or did you I have angels all around you? Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and actually, what happened was um, I did. Reiki opened me up to other alternative methods, and I ended up going to a shamanic intuitive healer. And the very first session, um, about half an hour, 45 minutes into it, I was told, I I mean, she said, you are to go out and buy two journals, two blank journals. One will be journaling each of these sessions as they occur. The other book will be life lessons as you learn along the way. And it will be a book someday. I have to say I was thrilled. Um, As I mentioned earlier, I love to read. I've always had this way, way back on a back burner, had the secret desire to be an author, but I never knew what I was going to write about. (laughs) So um, I did that. I went out and bought the journals, and about three or four sessions later, Spirit came through and said, where's the book? And I actually hadn't sat down one day and started to write up a book, and I just felt stuck. And Spirit was saying, you have to write this book. Part of your healing is actually writing the book. So, um, yes. (laughs) So the shamanic intuitive healer and I talked about, I mean, at this point I'm working full time. (laughs) I'm a busy gal. So she said, I think what you have to do is, like, make appointments and write a book. And so that's what I did. Every Saturday morning, I went to the computer, closed the doors. I was also told to um, create sacred space. And uh, three items came to me so I could create that space. And I would write approximately two hours, three out of four Saturdays. The fourth Saturday, we'd be traveling or something, had company or something. Um, but what amazed me is I would sit down and it just flowed. I mean, it flowed. <laughs> I really didn't even, I wouldn't say I was very aware. I wasn't really being channeled, but I would definitely was being guided. Um, can I share one quick story? Because this is just oh, truly no, yeah, amazing we got time to, to me. Okay. So um, a lot of the book are my shamanic intuitive sessions and the growth and the healing, because that's where a lot of my emotional healing did happen. Reiki has went interwoven all the way through because I use it every day, so things would be happening through Reiki too. Anyways, it seemed like I, I really made some wonderful progress, and I knew the book was about done. So one Saturday, I finished the book, and I know I'm done. But I only had 32 chapters. And as you may know, 33 is a hugely significant number spiritually. <clears throat> and I was sitting there going, oh, spirit, but it feels like I should have 33 chapters, but I only have 32, but the book feels done. And the message I got is the book is complete. So I said, okay. <laughs> so about, my time was about up that week. I put it away. The next Saturday, I wanted to start reading through it, and and I had switched some chapters around a few times. First, I started off with a table of contents, and I had two chapter 17s. So when I reordered everything or renumbered everything, I had 33 chapters. (laughs) (laughs) It was all there all along. 
Yeah, I, wow. I just told spirits some days. <laughs> I know they were all laughing, going, see, we told you it was done. <laughs> well, you know, what I liked about what I, you know, uh, shamanic healers are amazing um, yeah. because I, I work with a shaman because I had quite a few uh, traumatic you know, parts of my energy just got broken off, so mm-hmm. I can't think. You know, a very good one is is an amazing thing to find. Um, but I was like, wow, you know, so you got a pretty direct, you know, oh, going to do this and write a book. You know, it's so much like yeah. the angel showing up 14 years ago and going, okay, well, you're going to write this book, Angel Incarnate, One Birth, and da 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 And I'm like, yeah. okay. And yeah. then, you know, life happens and, and you know, my husband was almost killed in a car accident. I'm raising four kids and they still keep, you know, they're they're at the periphery going, uh, CJ, you know, things are getting a little yeah. bit easier for you. And, you know, they're always bringing me back mm-hmm. to that. But what, you know, what the, what the interesting thing is, is, um, and it's kind of like you having that in the back of your mind. You know, when I was a little girl, I, that's all I wanted to do was be a novelist. So here are all the angels, but it took me 14 years to believe in myself, you know, believe in it's true, um, that I was one to write the book. But boy, once it was time and I was ready, yeah, it simply, uh, it took on a life of its own. I can't say enough about that. Exactly. Being very different than than your book, but it's just, I don't know, when we we reach this quiet space, you know, where we really believe and ourselves more and more, you know, then it it becomes our reality. Um, everything down to, you know, most people probably wouldn't believe it, but when I was younger, you know, in my 20s, I had terrible self-esteem, and I mean bad, mm-hmm. bad. And um, I secretly would stand in the mirror and tell myself I was beautiful. And but I didn't think I was at all. And mm-hmm. and it, and so, and somebody had just told me, well, keep saying it until you believe it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what have I got to lose? My life kind of sucks. And yeah. I was in a very bad marriage at that point in time, and he was abusive, you know. So part of me is kicking and screaming, going, we've got to get out of this. We've got to, you know, we got to mm-hmm. take care of this. But um, I, I joke and say, fake it till you make it, <laughs> because... Yeah. The more we reinforce the positive and, and so forth and all of that, you know. And so I look at my own life and, you know, it took belief, you know. And that, yes, and that's exactly. And um, believe in it is true. It's not believe in it will come true. <laughs> right. In other words, it's already here. We right. just have to bring it to life and and what that that's what I got when you were talking. You had that book inside of you. I had that book inside of me. And we really were called to to bring it out to the world so that it right. will help people. And uh, I, that's truly yeah. my belief. <laughs> no, I I believe that and and you know, um it was a little hard to believe back then, but I will tell you that as I wrote though, I realized, like you said, it was inside of me. In other words, the book was already written. Yes. In other words, the book already existed Yes. in the universe. Yes. And I just had to sort of bring it to life kind of thing. And right. that was, you know, there were many things 
as I worked on that project that I were I learned, you know, because to me it's like, well, if, you know, the the stress I would feel about writing it was, well, what do I say, or you know, will I be able to mm-hmm. do this? But when I let go and surrendered, you know. Yeah. To its birth, you know, Angel Carnot One Birth. Its birth itself, you know, I realized that well, the book had already been written, and there were times that I said I didn't know if I was writing the book or the book was writing me. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's so true. Mm -hmm. And you hear authors say that sometimes, especially you know, in my you know the genre that I that I wrote the, the spiritual information in. But it's just. It's just a process, you know, and and when we really can engage our creativity, I mean, you know, I just believe that the whole world right now is just full of not only like your book or my book or just people who have healed themselves, you know, and they put it all together to help other people. You know, it's such (laughs) an amazing thing, so. It really is, and, you know, a lot of those other people helped me. (laughs) Oh, yes, oh, yes. I've read so many of those books. I still read them. Because oh, there's, yeah. you know, there's always a message there for all of us. And there's messages all around us. Well, you know, we're actually getting to the last three minutes. Can you believe it? I've enjoyed <laughs> so much, you know. And, you know, I love these discussions that are real organic. You know, I tell people we plan things, but we just sort of get to those truths that need to be shared. So I appreciate your willingness to do that with, you know, with me tonight and uh can you share you know how can people uh get your book or learn more about what you do and and connect with you if they feel so inclined <laughs> yes well <clears throat> let's start off with my website it is deb lloyd healing d e b l l o y d healing.com and the book can be ordered right off my website and we'll mail it to you I am a Reiki master, so here in Asheville I do offer individual sessions and Reiki trainings, but I also do distance healing. So if you went to the website, you would find out about how that could be done. The book is in paperback and as an e-book, and it is on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, BooksAmillion, and Powell's.com. You can order it through the publisher, John Hunt Publishing, which it's a wonderful website. It's a mind, body, spirit company out of London. Oh, nice. Every single book that they have is mind, body, spirit. And I found them because I own so many other books from this company. Uh, so that's how I found them. So you didn't know you were doing research. <laughs> no. I really didn't. Um, and, of course, I have to say you can go to any bookstore and have them order it if they don't carry it. And one of the things I've learned, um, you know, since I became an author is please support your local bookstore. The independent bookstores are really struggling. And many of them now have gotten the capacity to sell you an ebook. You can go into the store and they will download it on your um your device, whatever it is. So I've really been saying that because that's another good way to support your local bookstore. Um, Absolutely. And yes, so it's on all those different websites and whatever you do, um, you know, I hope you enjoy the book. <laughs> I am more than willing to communicate with anyone. Of course, I'm oh, yeah. Give Deb a, and, yeah, give, yeah, everybody give Deb a shout out because such a wonderful lady, and thanks so much for being on the show, Deb. I'm down to 
a minute. And that's so that's all the Thank time you. we have this evening. <laughs> that yeah, was, it was such a joy. I really enjoyed it. And best luck to you and all of your endeavors too. Thank you so much. Well, next week, guys, out there, I welcome another Authentic You host, Janet Hickox, where we'll be discussing the practical applications of using astrology in your personal life. She's a delightful lady, so I'm sure it will be a fun and interesting show. And here we come to the end. Now, remember that angel message this week, guys. Important information to navigate. Love yourselves. And until next time, my friends, remember to be angelic to yourselves so that you can become an angel to others. Take care and have a wonderful week. Love you all. Good night. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.